from depression to diabetes to obesity and addictions. Our medical problems are climbing and are now at epidemic rates. This is why I started this podcast, Your Health Transformed, to educate you, to teach you, so we can all learn how to combat these increasing medical problems and live well again and become transformed. I am your host, Dr. Franchelle Hamilton, bariatric surgeon, and have seen these medical problems and treated them firsthand. I am now on a journey to help transform health, not just band-aid it. So thank you for listening and going on this journey with me and all of my guests on Your Health Transformed. And today we are going to discuss how to refocus what you really want during times of despair. We are welcoming back our guest, Lindley Baker. And just as a reminder, she is a dream expert. She helps people to create their dreams, not just goals, help them think in a bigger picture and help people when they go through things to be able to still fulfill her dreams. Today, we are talking about her own personal experience about her trials and tribulations and how she was able to get through them. Welcome back, Lindley. Thank you, Dr. Hamilton. It's an honor to be here. I wanted to bring you back and discuss this. We kind of touched briefly about this when we were talking about how to create dreams and get what you really want. We always talk about what people can do, but it's nice every now and then to talk about what people did are, or are what people are doing to get through some of the trials, especially kind of during this time of unrest. Um, we're always motivating a lot of people, you know, create your dreams. You can reach them. You can get what you really want. But people don't really talk a lot about their own personal story. And we all have one. Like I have one, you know, on things that we've had to go through and my family has had to go through. Everybody talks. So I wanted you to kind of share your story as kind of the dream expert and how you still help people get what they really want, despite naysayers and everybody else that's going on and tell kind of your story. So what happened with you per se? Well, I think the biggest challenge of my life is the biggest surprise of my life was in 2019. And my husband of almost 35 years, who was, as far as I knew, still in love with me and everything was fine, just suddenly said he was leaving. He was changing jobs, changing where he lived, changing his religion. And Wow. um, Yeah. So it was quite a shock. And I was like totally not prepared for it. In my religion, people get married like forever. It's like, we yeah. believe if we die, we're still going to be married to them. So my my idea of, of eternity was like, oh, no, <laughs> this is not my plans. I mean, it wasn't just like retirement was planned with him. So it yeah. was it was a major um, challenge. So I had to, you know, catch up. It's like, yeah. I've never and thought about me- Go ahead. Just, uh- iterate and sorry to interrupt that you had six you have six kids 
Yeah. Okay. And so I just kind of wanted to throw that out there because it's, it's, it's when you kids are involved, things become a lot more difficult. You've been married to this man for this long, and these are major life changes for you. So I just want to kind of reiterate like how major that is. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, that's great. And also because I also needed to make sure the kids were okay. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, he ended up kind of divorcing all the children as well by being mean oh. to them. So, you know, I, I thought, well, I mean, if you don't like me, you know, you can just throw me away and, um, you know, at least still be a dad. But um, evidently yeah. that was not his plan. So I've had to try to help all the children through their grief and uh, challenges as a result, too. But yeah. Um, Were you working at this time or? Yes. Yes. I was working. I I was a a vice president and of a major insurance company. I had my own office with the door and everything. And I think the first thing that really helped me was, was God. I was, I was nine days into it. It was a Tuesday. I was at work and I was just feeling really tired. I had not eaten much in the last nine days. I hadn't slept much in the last nine days. And I looked at my calendar and I didn't have any meetings for a while. So I decided the best thing to do would be to climb under my desk and take a little nap. And yeah. in the middle of work. So I had to try to kind of sneak down without anybody seeing that I was, you know, lowering myself. And, you know, maybe I just wasn't in my office at the moment. So the the, yeah. the desk went all the way to the floor, so I wouldn't be seen under the desk. And so I I hadn't been there even five minutes, and my cell phone rang. I'm like, oh no! Now I have to pop back up out of my desk and look for myself. Yeah. I thought maybe one of my children would be really desperate. I even had one that tended to be suicidal, and so I thought I need to answer oh, this no. personal cell phone. And yeah, I answered it, and it was my ecclesiastical leader. And wow. I hadn't said anything to him, but he had gotten uh, paperwork from the church that my husband had written to them saying, you know, please remove me from your membership. And so then the, my leader got um, notified because we were members of that same congregation. Yeah. And... And I just felt like it was the hand of God coming down through the skyscraper under my desk to comfort me, to say, like, I am here. And um, this this poor um, leader, he, in, in my church, we have a lay leadership and people have like terms of service. And he had just started his term of being the <laughs> main leader of my congregation two days before that Sunday. Oh, it's so like, here you go. Yes. It's like, so I felt so, so bad for him to have to deal with a, a challenge like that right away because he also loved my husband and they served together. Yeah. church. They sang together in the choir and and like what happened is such a big shock. Yeah. So, so that, so just knowing that God was there and I felt his, his presence and guidance and comfort many times since that was, that was a big thing for me. Um, so that was kind of the key, but I will also say the way you were describing how you descended down under your desk, it was almost like 
for you, that was just kind of like a low moment, so to speak. You were tired, probably feeling very down in it. That was like a visual of you're like, I just, I need something. I need sleep. I need peace. I need comfort. And yeah. so that was kind of the visual when you were saying that I had. And then here goes this phone call. So that's kind of perfect. Okay, keep going. Right, right. And that lifted me up. And my my boss had was really nice in letting me. Uh, she said, "Like, do you want to take a long term break, or do you want, you know, what do you what do you need?" And I told her that I felt like you know continuing to work would help me mentally. And so generally, I wanted to keep working. But like she said, that if I needed time off to visit an attorney or you know, whatever it was, um, yeah. that that would be that would be fine. So that was helpful also to get that support. Um, but good. I'm, I'm a reader and I usually read a ton of stuff and I had so much going through my head. I couldn't read. I mean, I could still okay. read the Bible because I had read it before and it wasn't like new material I was taking in, but yeah. it was the comfort that you got from the scriptures, but anything else, because I had to like rethink my framework of like who I am and who and what's going on with my life, what's going on with my future, what's going on with my children. Yes, exactly. You have to think about all that stuff. Yeah. And and like, how do you, how, how do you get divorced and what do you have to think about? I mean, I didn't even know the list of things to think about because I had never thought that would apply to me. Yeah. So, um, so one of my sons, my fourth son named Benjamin, he's an RN in Indianapolis and he recommended a book to me, and I have it here. It's called Option B. It's by okay. Sheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant. Uh-huh. Uh, Sandberg, COO of Facebook, better known for Lean In. And Adam Grant is a professor at the Wharton Business School and a psychologist. Yeah. And he is, if you don't follow him on Twitter, I recommend it. He's always putting out lots of wisdom there. And, and so these two, Adam and Cheryl, work together on this book. Cheryl herself went through trauma when her husband in his late 40s suddenly died of a heart attack. And, yeah. you know, you're, you're a COO of Facebook, you're very successful, and, and that doesn't prepare you for. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. And Major life traumas or changes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter how much success you have in life it doesn't make mean that you won't have challenges so yes exactly I found in here three p's and and they were huge in helping me reframe what I was doing um yeah kind of reframe and refocus because and we'll talk about this shortly you had other goals that you were trying to meet during this time um you would like weight loss and some other, just other stuff that you were trying to do when all of this happened and you somehow got through this. And I'm assuming it's through these three P's. So yes, please. Oh, yes. So the P's, the first one is personalization. And that means that we believe that we're at fault. And so like, it's our fault that the trauma is happening. So it would be me saying it's my fault that my husband chose to leave me, which isn't true. Or even um, Cheryl Sandberg had trouble not blaming herself for her husband's death. So it's, it's a natural yeah. thing to say like, oh, it's my fault that it happened. And sometimes people even blame us erroneously, but yes. it's 
things just happen. And so if you, so that way you can avoid the guilt about it yes. and it helps you to move on. So I knew, yeah, so I knew it was totally my husband's choice. He had uh, started living a double life that he hid from me and he hid it so well that I had no idea about it. And so I had nothing to go on to think that things were different from what I thought they were. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So the second one is pervasiveness. And this one I think is really big. It's the belief that an event will affect all areas of our life. And I think that's a normal human assumption is like, oh, something bad happened. Like my whole life is terrible. But it's, it's actually not. You can have you can have a bad day at work, but you can still have a good time home with your family or vice versa. And so for me, I was on a a weight loss journey for 2019. It was a a one year goal because I had a long way to go and I didn't want it just to be like a New Year's resolution because I'm not that good at those either. Yeah. A lot of people aren't, believe it or not. <laughs> I, I've heard that. But so anyways, I'll forget the resolution. I'm going to do a goal. And I tried to set myself up for success. I got a personal trainer. I got a weight loss doctor. And I got a nutritionist to help me learn about what my body needed medically or physically yeah. from food, which I... I thought I knew about that kind of thing. And I thought I yeah. ate in healthy ways, but I would say I ate mostly healthy foods, but not in the right balance. And I had no idea about that. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm glad you got the help to help you realize that a lot of people try to do that on their own. So right. good. Right. And, I and mean, so I you started this before the divorce, like before. Yeah. So this is January. Um, he left me end of May. So Okay. In January, I got started on on all these programs, and I was I don't remember exactly how far down I was. I was probably between fifteen and twenty pounds down. What was your goal? Your one year goal? It was forty seven pounds and fit. Okay. Okay. So just and to be fit, which was for you more of a dream, just to be healthy and fit. And this losing weight was another way for you to achieve that particular. Okay. Right. Right. Like for. Since 2001, I've had trouble keeping weight off. And like if I'll gain weight in a weekend getaway or something, then it kind of just stayed. So, so, and then when I became a vice president, I became a lot less active because I really was just jumping into the job and trying to learn to work at that level and and do a great job. And then I just gained, you know, more pounds and just thought I need to get healthy. This is what I need to do for, for me, for my life. And so I, I I said, I'm going to, it's a 2019 goal. It's the goal for that whole year. So, so then in, in May, when my husband leaves me, I, I knew you think, well, well, what about my, my year long goal? And like the first week was easy because I couldn't eat anything because, (laughs) but you know, after that, I tend to be a stress eater. And so I talked to my counselor about that. And I said, well, yeah, but when you get super stressed, then yeah, you can't eat anything. But I mean, I had to learn how to um, not let that affect. Yes, overcome you. Exactly. Right. And so 
So I realized just because my husband left me doesn't mean I have to be unsuccessful on my get fit goal. Good. Good. So, and that's the other P. That's the third, the second P. So these P's are what you almost like faulty thinking. So these yeah. are what people do. And it kind of explains how that thinking is not the right thinking, essentially. Yeah. These three P's, personalization, right. feeling guilty, feeling like it's your fault um, when it's not. And then um, the pervasiveness. This- Pervasiveness, where one thing in your life is messed up, so it has to affect everything else versus compartmentalizing. Okay, my marriage may be over, but I still need to do things for me. I still think still need to do things for my kids. I still have a career, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Right. And and then the third one is permanence. And that's when you are in a horrible situation and you're just so sad. It could be you know, divorce, could be the death of a loved one, a terrible illness, an accident. I mean, whatever. In yes. that moment, things have suddenly become horrible. The permanence is the idea that they'll always be that horrible forever. And, yeah. and it won't be. I mean, they might yeah. not forget back to where it was before, but it's not always going to hurt so much. Yeah, good. So, so those are really helpful things for me. And I, and and another thing that I did was I thought about like, well, why was I losing weight? I wasn't losing weight to be more beautiful wife. And maybe that had been my motivation. And maybe I, I would not have continued my goal, but my why was still the same. It was for me to be a healthy self. Yeah, good. And that's important too that I talk about always focusing on your why. That's why it needs to be strong and that's why it needs to be your why, not necessarily someone else's why, because that's what's going to ultimately get you through the process, whatever that process is. Right now, you're going through a divorce. Right now, you're trying to rearrange your life essentially now because you guys have been together so long. You've built this unit for so long. And then you're also trying to meet these other goals. So you're exactly right. Your, your why has to be your why, not like a superficial why. So I yeah. think that's important. So the three P's, so your spirituality essentially, and then these three P's is really what got you through the day did, or through this time frame. And yes. so, and you ended up ultimately still meeting your goal, right? Of the weight loss and in other things that you wanted. Yes, yes. It wasn't um, smooth, though, after yes, May. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, so we went, so we got our divorce finalized on um, October 1st. So that was a bit before the end of the year, before I met my goal. Um, but in, in that time, between May and October, I worked hard to set up a nice... Um, life as a single person. So I actually auditioned for some symphony orchestras and I got accepted into one. I thought I want to perform. If I go to a concert and you're by yourself, that's kind of strange unless you're on stage and then it's normal to go by yourself. Mm -hmm. And I love to make music with other grownups, great music. So, so I, I did that and my, my job was going well and I 
enjoyed uh, worshiping at church. I was the choir director in our con- for our congregation and just loved being a part of that music scene. And, and then I did one more thing that I thought would help me is I went on a newly single trip and that was my term. But when people are newly wed, they go on a honeymoon and that's to practice their new social status and their relationship. And so I thought, well, I'm going to do that. So I went to Hawaii for a week by myself and really spent time thinking about my future, who I am, who I want to be, how my life is going to be different going forward. And also had fun on the beach and sightseeing and um, were you by yourself during this time or did you go with another group of people? I, I just went by myself. Yeah. I got an Airbnb. That to me almost sounds like a sabbatical. I try to go on them at least once a year, once every two years, almost kind of refocusing on what you want, what you, what direction you need to go. I think everybody should spend that time. A lot of people are afraid to be alone, but sometimes you need to be alone, so to speak, to kind of be able to work things out. And I also want to add, like, when we talked before, one of your dreams is music, right? So, and kind of to reiterate on a previous conversation that we had, when your bigger picture, when your dreams are fulfilled, when you, what do you want to be known by is fulfilled, when you're fulfilling those, you also feel fulfilled. So obtaining and doing things, that's a form of self-care. And I think that's probably another reason what kind of helped you, like doing things that you love doing where you feel fulfilled. And that kind of helps, fills that what you feel at the time, this gap or this this kind of vacant space. So I just kind of want to... Definitely. Definitely music in the community, music at church was, um, you know, really feeds my soul. And that's my dream. It's part of um, who I love to be. So... So that was, that was great. And so then, but then the, the week after I got back from Hawaii, I, I learned that my boss was going to lay me off. And that was a big shock because I was a high t- achiever at work. And um, they said it was a budget thing. I think it was more of a personality thing. And well, this so- is right after... The same one that was like, take time for your divorce if you need it? Yeah. Okay. So this is another (laughs) major, just to kind of reiterate, life change for you. You are now single, single mom, single parent, um, and you've lost your husband, and now you're you're losing your job. So these things are major in life. So how did... Do you get over that kind of the same principles? Well, getting as far as I had already helped me further. I thought, well, if I can get okay, through good. a divorce, I can get through a layoff. But it was so disappointing because if she had laid me off a month earlier, then I might have had different divorce terms because I thought I still had this, you know, long-term salary as a vice president that I could count on. And, and then suddenly I didn't, and I didn't have a spouse. If you're married, your spouse can help you sometimes through periods of unemployment. They can be the sole breadwinner for a time, but if you're single, there's no one. And so I felt like I was standing on a little carpet of singleness and 
you know, maybe those little carpets that are like four feet by six feet. And, and yeah. it was just a little bit in the air and I was just getting my balance of single life. Cause I had my orchestra and my church and, and my job and I had my newly single trip done and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I can handle this. And then I felt like it was just yanked out from under me and I'm just flailing and like, what yeah. is going on? So, but the, those three P's continued to help me. I, I knew I could just go back to them and say, okay, this also is temporary and yeah, it, it's not been, it's not your fault. Yeah. yeah. And that well, doesn't mean the other areas in your life are have to go down. Yeah. Right. Right. And so what, one thing that I did was I took this opportunity to be single and to not be working full-time as an, an actuary, which is my profession, to to write my book. I felt like I tried to frame it in that God has given me a gift of time to write my book. And I felt wow. like the message about dreams is important to God, that he wants people to know they can be happy. And this is a way people can be happy. And so I felt like if I think of it as an opportunity to do this special thing, like write the book, then that's less depressing than, oh, I'm stuck. I have nothing to do. What am I going to fill my time with? So Let me just kind of um, comment on that because I think that is key. And I talk about that a lot. You'd be surprised who people who do really well when compared to the people who kind of don't succeed have this type of mindset, this type of thinking. I always try to emphasize it's the way you think about things, right? Like you made a key point because there's a lot of people during the pandemic that obviously lost their jobs and everybody and, and people, it's the, about the way you think about it. I am so glad that you looked at this, this tragedy. I mean, you just lost, the, you got a divorce. I mean, these are two major life changes that you went to. And after your job, after you kind of settled with that, you're able to kind of stand back up and you're like, you know what? This is my opportunity to write my book. I have an idea of dreams and how people can achieve those and what people can do and make themselves happy. And so this is an opportunity of time for me to share this to the world and be able to write this book. You didn't like curl up in a corner. You didn't, you know, get super down, be guilty and all those three P's that you discussed. So I'm so glad that you kind of commented on that. It's talking about, it's what we call like an, almost like an iterative mindset where if this didn't work out, okay, well, let me find an opportunity. Let me find a positive and switch it to something else. This idea of being able to find a positive during tragedy is what sets apart the people who succeed and the people who really hit rock bottom and can't like get out of that. So I'm really glad that you found that silver lighting, like lining, so to speak, because a lot of people can't do that. And that's totally a mindset. Same situation, and it could have gone multiple different ways, but because yeah. you saw this as an opportunity, it went down this path. So what are, is this what you're doing now? So I'm assuming this is what how you have come across to what you're doing now in the coaching. Is this path? Is that correct? 
Yes, yes. So so here's here's my book. It actually exists physically now. Don't be afraid to do what you really want to do. Reach all your life dreams and lighting is not the, not the greatest over here. But I mean, just to you know, open it up and and thumb through it and like it, it exists. It's so yeah. exciting to have a book and to have people who read it text me and say they liked it or uh have a, a math tutor student and one day her dad came in and he was he was almost in tears and the book yeah. had touched him so much and I'm I'm so happy to see that it helps people. Yeah. And and I'm I'm uh, and I, I also like to help people in my dream coaching because some people they can just read the book and they they enjoy it and, and they get what they need yeah. out of it. But other people need more coaching to help them along with their dreams or even to identify your dreams. I don't talk so much about that in the book, but yeah. if you don't really know what your dreams are, then it doesn't matter what strategies you might have to pursue them because you don't know where to go. So so yeah. that's why that's one of the classes that I teach. Yeah. So. So that's awesome. You've taken these, you know, huge life tra- traumatic experiences and now you're doing this and helping others. So, I mean, that's, you can't get better than that. So I really appreciate you sharing your story. We will put the link and everything in the show notes on how they can find you and how they're, they can get your book. Thank you so much for showing us that we can reframe and refocus and still do and get what we really want, even if we go through these like despairing times, what appears to be despairing times. Thank you for educating us about the three P's and what helped got you through. Thank you. Thank you. And then also on my website, which is linfluence.pro, that's the word influence with an L in front. I have a free gift for anyone that talks about the journey to your life dreams. And so that can get you started. And even if you um, don't have the book yet, and um, I hope that all of you can enjoy pursuing your dreams and have a fulfilled life. Thank you for oh, having That's me. perfect. That's great. I'm sure they'll love that. Thank you. I hope this message continued to empower you and inspire you to continue on your health transformation journey. Thank you for listening and please subscribe or download if you like what you're hearing. The goal is to continue to inform you and educate you as you transform on your healthcare journey and show you different paths to take in order to get you to your goal. Until next time, thank you.